Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. And with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Jay Noon. And Elspeth. Elspeth, if I tell you what's the reason that Joe Biden says we have to give money to Ukraine, what pops into your head? Why does he say we have to be on Ukraine's side? I instantly start thinking the opposite of what he's saying. Okay, well, yeah, but you're smarter. Typically, that their their ex- uh, excuse is, oh, well, they're fighting for democracy. Oh, yeah. They're, they're defending themselves, and they're pro-freedom, and we can't let Russia, an anti-freedom, anti-democracy state, win this war. Democracy's evil. Yeah. and Democracy is mob rule. I agree with that, definitely. Well, I mean, it's just definition of it. Yeah, it That's why I know. always get, like, so annoyed whenever I see, like, on TikTok, uh, like, Democratic... Uh, it's mostly democratic, like uh, political talkers. They're always like, we have to protect democracy. And that's yep. why they, we have to put everybody in jail who stormed January 6th, you know, all the way back then. When mm-hmm. a politician says a term like that, so it's either one of two things is going on with that particular politician. Either they are ignorant and they don't understand that democracy is basically the footsteps of socialism, which is the footsteps of, co- uh, you know, communism. Democracy is mob rule. Democracy is where 51% can rule 49 percent and so so democracy is not freedom but democracy is like a soft communism a soft socialism and it's it's a footstep to it and everybody's been sort of brainwashed into believing that democracy democracy is some righteous thing and you know the example of you know uh of forcing enforcing democracy with a barrel of a gun is what basically the united states has been doing our entire lives. I'm the oldest one here. It's been going on my entire life. You know, oh, we're over in Iraq because uh, we're going to enforce democracy. We're over in Afghanistan to enforce democracy. We're over in, you know, in the 70s or in the 60s. What was it? Korea, you know, Vietnam, you know, in the 80s, it was Grenada and, you know, all these southern, all these countries in, you know, Central and South America and, you know, places in Europe, uh, places in Africa and just all over the place, just, you know, enforcing democracy. And the way I, so when Biden says, oh, we need to give money to Ukraine, it's because Ukraine gave Biden a whole bunch of money. And his son. You know, and his son a whole bunch of money, you know, way back when. It's because of Burisma. Burisma is a Ukraine energy company Hmm. that uh, Hunter Biden was on the board of, and he was getting paid like $50,000 a month to be on the board of this uh, energy firm. If you bring up on, on, on the internet a video of Joe Biden, uh, the pedo in chief, I like to refer to him as. But if you bring up a, a, a video of him, he is bragging while on a hot mic, sitting on like a stage where he was doing some conference, and he was bragging about how he's like, "Well, I went over there to Ukraine, and I told you know this Ukrainian guy that if you don't get rid of the prosecutor who or stop the, the investigation into Burisma, and you get don't get rid of that para- prosecutor, I am going to withhold." The uh, we're going to withhold the financial aid, which was billions of dollars, you know, and, and this was like 2016 or 20, 2014 or something. It was when he was mm. VP, actually, whenever that was. I don't remember the exact date of it. So uh, he says um, and then he goes on to say, well, they told me you're not the president of the United States and um, you, you and uh, and, you know, you can't do that. And he goes, go ahead, call the president. And then he says, well, sure as S or something like that. Didn't they fire that prosecutor a few days later? Wow. And, he, and he's laughing about it. But this is these but that's guys, a long time to be talking on a hot mic and not notice it. This guy's like such a freaking well, you know, here's useless the th- 
screw up is the word I'm trying to say. Well, I mean, he's a lot of things. He's a career politician. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of dirt on him and his family because they're horrible, evil people. Uh, you can't be a politician for 50 years and still be a politician, uh, you know, without having you know, probably visiting Jepstein, Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein's island or maybe going to one of his places, you know, like he's he, he had this ranch with the gut that was some kind of deal in New Mexico with the, yeah, yeah. with the governor at the time. Then he's got the place. So, you know, I'm sure there's dirt on Joe Biden. There's totally dirt on the Biden family. They are co-opted and controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. Um, and it's a big money laundering rock, uh, racket for all of Biden's friends, for all of Jeffrey Epstein's friends, sending all these, you know, uh, ammunition and, you know, money and bombs and, you know, tanks and all so kinds of stuff. it can just stuff. end up in whatever other part of the yeah, world Yeah, so they it can end up to. in Palestine. It can end up in Israel. It can, you know, end up, you know, and, and it's part of, you know, arming, you know, the next uh, enemy. So if you look at a current conflict, you know, anywhere, you know, like, yeah, so like you have, um, for example, a whole bunch of in Afghanistan everywhere. There was a bunch of American. Uh, they were fighting guys who had American munitions, and those American munitions were were previously had come from like the Iraq conflict. We have Dave Ridley, I believe, on the line. Yes. What's on your mind, Dave? Uh, so it looks like uh, there's going to be a challenge to New Hampshire's. Uh, a challenge to electronic voting machines okay. nice. uh, in, in the New Hampshire Supreme Court uh, on November 29th. Actually, I thought we had paper ballots, but for some reason, maybe they're maybe they're just trying to stop it from well, coming here or something, is it something the, like that. Is it the electronic voting counter, maybe? Right. So there is paper ballots. So on Henniker and Bradford and Warner, which is kind of like the, the, the those three towns like vote for the same state reps, they're all a district, right? Right. Uh, then, in fact, uh, there's been um, uh, there's been uh, uh, things going around for people petition for people to sign to uh, get rid of the uh, uh, voting machines in Bradford and in um, Warner uh, because what they do is you, they fill out a paper ballot and then it goes through the machine. Yeah. Now, when I went uh, to, to to the voting place to the polls last a couple years, whenever it was, um, the uh, I'm like, oh, that thing's got a printout on it. I go, can it print me out who I just voted for? Hmm. And the guy's like looking at me like, no, it can't. I'm like, why not? That's a flaw. That would yeah. be a receipt. And also these voting machines have proprietary software that you uh, that we can't view. Yep. Even Congress can't view it. The state legislature can't view it. And what does that mean by propri- proprietary software? Like uh, Google's algorithm would be pr- proprietary. It belongs to them. Like and the, yeah. You have to like know their codes and everything to get into it, to view and audit it instead of it being free right. and open source software wow, where somebody crazy. can look at the code. Anyone who knows how to do that stuff can look at it and see, oh, it's doing what it says it's supposed to do. So Yeah, these things can totally well, manipulate the election and there's no evidence that they cannot manipulate the votes. A Democrat state rep also pushed through legislation about seven years ago to... Um, Make it so you're you're forbidden from taking a picture of your own ballot. Hmm. Yeah, I wow, do that I anyways. Anyway. That, that, yeah. that became law. That became law. Of course, everyone started I did not doing know it that. because it was illegal. I <laughs> seriously didn't even doing know. It anyway. That's funny. So there's a lot of elite. There's a lot of ballot selfie disobedience in New Hampshire. That's uh, at first. Pretty funny. I didn't know it was illegal, but um, yeah, I I figured that's probably what they're talking about. Dave is is the electronic machine that counts your vote because it's the same way here in Keene. I've only voted once. And I didn't vote this previous time because I only voted for Ian. I'm pretty sure that's the only person I voted for. Maybe there's like someone else like 
Bob Call or something. Um, and what it is is it's a paper ballot, but then you, like he said, put it in a little thing that scans it, and it's like, okay, I counted your vote. But like he said, it doesn't pop up at anything that says what you put in or anything like that. You don't even know if it just made some mistake. Yeah, for there's all you no know, way to verify it all. Yeah, for all you know, it just accidentally thought you voted for the person next to you, and you could be like, oh, wait a second, that's wrong. No, you, you don't get anything like that. Just you get a sticker that says, I voted. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with banning the voting machines because, well, for multiple reasons. But if we're using voting machines and we're using, you know, at the very least, it has to be open source, preferably blockchain type technology, uh, which the system is very afraid of because it's not who casts the votes that decides who gets elected. It's who counts the votes that decides who gets elected. And there is no way to verify that these counts are accurate by these machines. There was a big debacle Back in 2008 with Ron Paul here in New Hampshire. I was here a lot for that. I was living in Mass at the time. Mm. And um, they, uh, the, you know, I, I was, a, a, I watched an electric in, election in Hillsborough, New Hampshire, not, not Hillsborough, Hinsdale, and they didn't have voting machines. They counted them. Mm. Which, so that was it. But Keene had voting machines. If voting is a thing that we are going to have to do, at the very least, it can be, you know, fair. Yeah, it can be actually voted or counted correctly. Not that they don't have other things up their sleeves, but it would make it a lot harder for them to hide votes or lie about who won. And and at this point, they may not even need to cheat with the voting because the algorithm has programmed so many people to just do what they're told. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the meat that yeah you, know, you could just say that the media you know. Uh, you know, hiding and covering up the Hunter Biden laptop story. Yep. Uh, very much swung the election. Yeah. You don't it, even have to get into like they don't have to really steal votes. I don't believe it's funny because there was a guy who went to prison in New York for making a meme that they said was I don't remember what the meme exactly was, but they said it was spreading disinformation about Hillary Clinton during the Trump and Hillary Clinton election. And because of that, he was trying to sway the election. So he went to prison for that. Just a regular guy, not like a any kind of head of some meme company. Like just a regular guy who made a meme. And he went yeah. to prison for that. For free speech. Yeah. And, right. And you have uh, these radical uh, leftists, let's call them, you know, algorithmic slaves burning cities. You know, they just had a riot last night uh, mm. where, um, you know, one I guess one guy got arrested. But they're all in front of the DNC, a whole bunch of pro-Palestinian you know, algorithmic slave wackos are you know screaming about you know uh, pa- you know Palestine and uh, and it basically seems like what I could tell it is some kind of actual insurrection. A whole bunch of cops got injured, and mm. and, and no cops got injured during the uh, January sixth stuff. There was one cop who died, but he died from natural causes. And of course, the media just you know straight up lies and yeah. says that he was you know killed as you know part of a insurrection. And then the cops go and testify that they've never been more terrified in 20 years of service than January 6th for no I, discernible reason. I listened to a thing on my way in uh that there was somebody was, you know, reported some congress critter was that uh, saying that uh, it was scarier than than January 6th. And and it's a bunch of leftists that are uh, protesting the DNC, but at least the uh, leftists are fighting each other, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, you know, <laughs> if your enemy, you know, if, if the enemy of the people, you know, these, these uh, people who support the state are, you know, now fighting, uh, you know, the uh, other people who support the state, you know, then it just, you know, uh, 
it, that's good for those guys to just you know combat each other as far as I'm concerned because it, it's it, it it'd be like having you know getting the local government people to start you know you know uh, basically combating each other and then they burn up all their energy and time just on each other and they're not affecting us. You know, it's it's kind of yeah. like the idea of you know. Make, uh, when you go to court and you subpoena the cop to court that brought brought the charge against you, now he's in court all day and he's not out harassing people and taking people's rights away and you know collecting taxes with his badge in the form of you know yeah. traffic ticket revenue. Even if you lose a traffic ticket, it's always worth it because you showed them that it's not going to be easy every single time to get money out of you if they pull you over on the road and you get them off the street for a while. Like in my ticket case for just a parking ticket, I had the lady, oh wait, she she wasn't um, on duty that day. If she was on duty, I would have like taken her off the street. But instead, I was costing the city $25 an hour to pay her to be there. So that was pretty good. That's Still all? Win. With yep. her pension and her benefits, it's more like $75 an hour. Oh, I bet, yeah. <laughs> And it might have even been double time for all I know because she was off duty. But, um, oh, man, I felt like there was something else I had to say about what you were saying. And now I don't remember all of a sudden. But um, I guess we'll just get into this article here. It says, Ukraine, this is from the Wall Street Journal. I'm looking at it on archive.ph because they have a paywall. It says, Ukraine President Zelensky says time is not right for elections. I think it's kind of interesting that Jake, I mean, uh, Dave called in about um, the voting machines and um, it's all kind of the same subject. Basically, democracy is not actually that great. It's not this amazing idea that the Greeks saved humanity with or whatever. But if you're going to pretend it is and pretend that that's why Americans need to be sending tax dollars, billion, you know, 80 billion dollars at a time, it's way more than that in total to Ukraine for them to fight against Russia because, well, they believe in democracy and freedom, at least actually be a democratic state. Like, not that I want it to be. I'm just saying that's the very least they could do. But because it's a wartime, Zelensky is declaring it's not the right time for elections right now when elections normally would be happening right now because it's wartime. So he's calling for unity and I mean, the elections were fixed to get Zelensky in anyways. And, you know, the reality is that, you know, he was an installed guy by essentially that, yeah. the CIA. Yep. I always hear that. I, do, I don't really know the facts, you know, if maybe you do. Well, I, I don't know the facts off the top of my head, but somebody could dig, in, dig into it. But basically, he was installed. Mm -hmm. There was They were like, oh, we don't, you know, there was a whole bunch of, you know, hoopla about, you know, challenging, you know, that the, the elections were incorrect or wrong in Ukraine. I'm not I'm not a Ukraine history expert, you know, and I'm just, you know, this is stuff I just, you know, hear listening to, you know, non-mainstream media. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, any media that's advertising for, you know, pharmaceutical companies is just, you know, should not be trusted whatsoever. Uh, you know, they, they have an agenda or, or advertising for the military. It's just ridiculous all the way around. The people that are running the government are all these, you know, city urban liberal types mostly, especially the ones that are going to, you know, do these jobs like in social services and are going to work behind computers and, you know, things like that. So so they're all getting programmed from young to be that. They never and getting back to is the people who aren't getting into fights as kids, like actual fist fights and smacking each other around and learning respect from one another. Um, and th these are kind of the ones that are going and doing the mass shootings at 20-something mm. years old because mm. because they can't handle the rejection. Mm, you know, they, they, they can't handle the, um, you know, a lot of things. You know, by getting smacked around by your older brothers or your younger brothers, I mean, you just learn how to, like, 
you know, deal with society and how to how to put up with things. But if but if you never get like, you know, um uh your feelings hurt ever until you're like twenty three. Yeah. Or twenty six because now, you know, you, now your parents are like, Well, I can't pay for college anymore because I don't get a you know, I don't you can't be on my health insurance. Yeah. So, you know, you know, you gotta go pay your own five thousand dollar a month health insurance and then they're like freak out and you know, whatever, you know, the whole thing. But basically m- most People nowadays, a lot of people nowadays in the cities and stuff that are doing this whole, you know, academia thing have no responsibility until they're 26 years old. And so many people (laughs) will say this crap like you're not really um, your brain isn't done developing. You're not really an adult until you're like 25. And I think that's a huge problem for all these things you're talking about is like the babification of people who are obviously adults like if you're 17 and you're working and you have the ability to leave your house you should be able to just do that but people will be like you're just a child especially these parasite types who would totally go work for like dcyf they'd be like we know even thinking that you're able to leave your parents house like you need help we need to put you in the foster system like that's how out of touch and crazy these people are and i just think it's um a huge issue is people acting like you're not an adult until your quote-unquote brain is done developing i don't even believe those uh numbers either like oh women's brains are done developing when they're 23 and men's when they're 25 like that doesn't make sense to me so there is some science that stand behind you like this complete brain development thing and there's like these the like like one of the things i like to like really push for like young people is like is like uh don't smoke weed Hmm. they're like uh well i'm 18 i'm like well your brain still has like and i so i actually, actually used, have seen stuff about that so so there's basically i can't remember what it uh what it's called um and i studied this like i don't know several years ago and i was in colorado and i was kind of into this because weed was legal in colorado and it'd be like these you know some of these guys are like 16 17 18 even 20 years old and they're just like chronically getting stoned like just all the time and and i'm like and and and, and what's happening with these guys especially kids is that like they're burnouts a lot mm-hmm. when, when when they get older so there's like a there's like these follicles or some kind of thing within the brain that is like uh not fully developed and there's something to do with like you know this especially chronic you know use of of, of you know of, of anything yep. doesn't matter what it is i mean if you're someone it's a big difference between someone who's doing it all the time versus someone who's like maybe doing it once or twice a week mm-hmm. but I, I i you know advise especially like young people teenagers young 20s not to do you know like like cannabis at all and they're like and they're like you don't know what you're talking about and and uh and 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 the thing is is there is some brain development where i believe women is till 26 years old and men is to somewhere in 20 to 21 years old i've heard the opposite um, that or, or maybe i got it backwards first but i also believe that there's further brain development that happens when you have children i heard you say that and i really i never googled it or anything but i really got to question it considering when you're pregnant the body is like f you I'm taking care of the baby. Mm-hmm. Why would anything new be happening for you? So, is it stem cells? Maybe one of the things that I believe uh, that that backs this up for me is like w- w- one of my theories in life is that women are stronger than men. Now, not physically, like you know, obviously men can like pick up more, you know, bigger rocks than women, mm-hmm. and men can swim faster and run faster and do all these things. But like women's bodies are stronger. So if you look at like. Uh, for example, like the the vaccine injury stuff, you'll see like boys way more vaccine injuries. Hmm. Boys way more like kind of health issues in general. Um, women uh, are have to be stronger. And, and me growing up, I've noticed like 
Like right now, like our our full our the the boys the men in my culture have been so feminized. I mean, in my generation, have been mm-hmm. so feminized, and like the women have sort of like got have have by default become a little more masculine. Uh, in in general, for for my generation, it's kind of like when you have a whole bunch of hens, but you got no rooster. One of the what happens is one or two of these root hens will assume the role of the rooster. So if you guys go to my website, that's uh, jnoon.com, that's J-A-Y-N-O-O-N-E.com, and at the top, there is a little button you can click that says DCYF Affidavit. Mm -hmm. So this DCYF Affidavit uh, is essentially a notice to DCYF and a notice to um, uh, 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 some state representatives. Mm. Uh, uh, specific ones or just anyone who reads yep uh the specific state representative that is uh that has called this uh committee to investigate dcyf is leah cushman okay and you'll see here it's uh representative uh and also uh representative emily phillips mike belcher kelly potenza jr hole lisa mazur jake bullerard richie uh, Combine and John Sellers. And those are the ones who are like agreeing with Leah or are they part of that committee? Uh, I think they're part of the committee and okay. uh, I, whether the, the representatives agree with anything or not is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. The, the, so this is a notice and demand for DC, New Hampshire DCY have to follow due process of law, legal notice and warning. So actually one of the things that we're doing <clears throat> is I've been working on getting these affidavits gathered up. Uh, the purpose of this affidavit is uh, to is, is that the state legislature are the people's representatives are have the ability to call committees. They have the re- re- uh, the ability to essentially fire uh, government uh, employees that are bad. They have the ability to shut down, defund, you know, investigate. Um, you know, recommend the attorney general bring charges against. You know, all kinds of things that they can do. Because and, what, uh, most of them probably don't know that, but you were showing at least Joe and I in the studio the other day um, a video of Leah Cushman, the author of this. Yep. Um, She's not the author of this, but or, but go on. Uh, th- this is actually a, a group effort. A whole bunch of a whole bunch of us. Um, have, she's uh, just like putting her name kind of on it. No, uh, this is she is uh, the, so so she is a um, on a committee for health and human services, mm-hmm. and so she is the one, and she's a good representative. Uh, she's a freedom rep. Uh, she is uh, can she has she has someone who has the ability to call an investigation, and essentially what this affidavit is doing is com- is me, you, and anyone else. One of the people, you don't have to have a kid, you don't have to have a problem with DCYF, you just basically have to be able to sign your name on a document. Uh, we are commanding her to investigate DCYF because what they're doing okay, is they're- Okay, you're commanding her, yes, I see. Yep, that, that's essentially what this process is for. Because DCYF is not using due process of law to take children, to ruin people's um, uh, you know, uh, uh, reputation to uh, to take property from people like they are taking massive amounts of time. The economic impact that uh, alone that agencies like state agencies like DCYF have just in the f- fact that they are just screwing with people, taking people and, to court. You know, like J.R. Hole, for example, who is a like a, a very productive uh, individual. He does a lot of good things. Basically, is he a farmer. 
Yeah, actually, he is a little bit of a... Yes, he is a farmer also. He, he's into that kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, he was a state representative. He's currently oh. a state representative. He was a guy that the, the state came to take his kids because he gave them ivermectin. Okay, that you know, are, yep. Six months before they were, you know, um, tried to take his kids. They, they derailed him for like nearly a year. I mean, they've been derailing... They've essentially derailed my family. They yeah. have... So they've caused J.R. Hole irreparable harm. They've caused me irreparable harm. They being New Hampshire DCYF Family Court, and now you know, now that now Merrimack County Prosecutor's Office, Concord City Police, Concord City Prosecutor's Office, they've already caused us irreparable harm. But um, um, what I was gonna say about the the state reps probably mostly not knowing that they can do this sort of thing. No, right. Leah Cushman put them all on notice. Yes. She went and spoke in front of it was all of them, right? Gathered yep. together, and there was applause. It sounded like a lot of people were like, "Wow, like." go Leah Cushman or whatever yep. because she told them basically if a person comes to you, you have the ability to do all those things that Jay was saying. Right. I had never heard any of this stuff before Jay started talking about it. So well, it, I bet most of the House of Representative people don't know either. Exactly. So I've been working on a whole bunch of state legislatures for this literally for like since I've been here. I've been like, hey, you guys need to in- enact your separate your powers of checks and balances the judiciary is you know bringing charges against people for example where there is no crime no no one's legal rights have been violated and they're just doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it you know uh, over and over again and they'll claim and, like in your case that um jurisdiction doesn't matter my plan is to hit up a libertarian event once a week with printers copiers computers a notary or a notary or two get this all done get these affidavits all signed like you know really uh get people doing it so like there's going to be you know events at the quill there's going to be events at the at the shell which is another libertarian place there's some north country meetups where it looks like somebody is going to run around and kind of take care of this Hmm. uh but yeah tomorrow evening uh basically from like four to nine we're going to be you know at this particular location doing this getting the affidavits covered and uh getting people involved because we need to have we really really need to have and present real world solutions to tyranny and corruption that are peaceful and actually work uh and you know uh because the thing is is there's a lot of people who are just like, I mean, just this, this riot last night, this, this you know, insurrection protesting where the Democrats were like, oh, my God, it's scarier than January 6th hmm. in D.C. Uh, you know, and, and, and all these other places, you know, we're going to start seeing a bunch of riots spur up, especially as people get broke, uh, and which is, you know, really coming down. When you, you can't know, get pipe. food, that's when they start. Well, they just people are going to get broke. They're not going to be able to get their drugs and they're going to be, you know, hmm. upset. It's not even a food thing. And, hmm. you know, it's the people who are going to can't get their, you know, whether it's their, their Prozac, their Ritalin or, 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 or their smack on the street that are, you know, going to be the, a, a major problem. And then, and then comes the people who don't have food. Yeah, I was <laughs> actually thinking today about when pretty soon the medical industry is going to probably collapse and lots of people are talking about it. I saw an article on Zero Hedge. I thought about bringing it in. But it started sounding too much like an an advertisement for this group. Like they're probably good, but I didn't look into them, so I didn't want to like read their basically advertisement article on the show. But they were saying like tons of people are really concerned that pretty soon like the pharmacy um, industry is going to collapse. And I was thinking like as soon as people can't get their 
antidepressants yeah, they're that are lose their minds. Like there's this crazy girl that I grew up with. Like she was in middle school with me and then high school with me. And she would have absolute anxiety attacks if like, oh, one time we went to Galveston with her parents when we were in high school and then came back and he lost the house key. Her dad lost the house key. And it was like she was going to be, you know, like some minutes late getting her Zoloft. And she started having the biggest anxiety attack crazy thing ever. Just being afraid she would miss it. Not even that she like had been off of it or anything. That is crazy. And you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. She's crazy. Um, so That's so sad. I just know that people are going to go crazy for, I think you're right, before they're hungry, they're going to start going crazy for their meds. Yeah, so I have a friend. He is in his 60s. Um, he has uh, some form of Louis, Louis something Parkinson's, they call it. Louis something dementia. It's like a form of Parkinson's. Hmm. And what really um, helps him out a lot, I... I uh, like I, I'm gonna say Prozac. That's not the. That's not the one. Uh, Something like that. Adderall. Adderall. That's what he. That's what it is. Adderall. And uh, his um, his wife told me the other day. Um, she goes, "Oh, I, you know, um, I, I've been trying to get Adderall from the pharmacy, and I've called all the pharmacies, and you know, they're like, oh, there's a shortage on Adderall. There's no Adderall. They want to." Um, I'm pretty sure it's Adderall, but basically, I, I think you're right because uh, somebody we know that takes Adderall has also dealt with that same problem um, yeah. with there being a shortage. Louis, I remember seeing like six months ago that there was a shortage in fast release Adderall. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I, I I don't know anything really about any of that stuff, the the actual drugs themselves, but I can tell you when this guy is like not on his Adderall, he's like like he he like like Shaking? his well his wife has to hand feed him. Hmm. Because he's shaking or can't? He, yeah, he's just like, it just makes, makes a big mess. It's like, wow. it, you know, my, my two-year-old can feed himself better than this guy can not on Adderall. I wonder if Kratom would help him. That's interesting. Which, I, I don't know yeah, at um, all. It just is the thought. He, he's sort of like mainstream. You know, he mm. was like, uh, you know, I got friends who are like, oh, CBD oil and this, that, and, you know, and he's like, oh, a doctor says you know, none of that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, the doctor <laughs> wants to sell you a patented pharmaceutical. Yeah. I'm not saying that I know CBD would help him, but... A doctor saying none of that stuff is so stupid. It mm-hmm. can't possibly hurt him. He could at least try. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. So I'm just going to uh, read a, a couple of takes from this affidavit for everybody. Uh, and, and you can go on to jnoon.com and uh, click on it and read it for yourself. But it uh, talks about... Uh, um, take notice that by accepting paychecks and assuming the duties that become a public trust officer, it is your fiduciary to protect the interests and liberty of the people. By accepting this office, you uh, agree to be a, become a trustee and agent of the people, as seen in New Hampshire Constitution Part 1, Article 8, which says, uh, accountabilities, magistrates, and officers, public's right to know, all power residing originally in and being derived from the people, all magistrates and officers of government are their substitutes and agents at all times accountable and accountable to them. <clears throat> Take notice. 
New Hampshire DCYF personnel have been and are continuing to operate outside of the terms of the agreement with the express trust indenture known as the New Hampshire State Constitution. In an express trust indenture only, what is expressed was written is granted, and what is not expressly written is forbidden. As an officer and agent of the people, you are hereby bound by fiduciary duties to adhere to the expressly delegated grants of authority issued in the New Hampshire Constitution. See evidence below. So anyways, the Constitution does not give, uh, well, first off, the, the state any power to take any of our rights away. It is the exact opposite. And the New Hampshire <clears throat> one's even a little better than that. Like, New the Hampshire's federal one. pretty darn good. Yes. So the... Um, and like the Virginia one's really good, and hmm. Massachusetts is really good. But even you know, Massachusetts has turned into a commie cess- cesspool. Yeah, um, and so, Virginia. Yes. So, anyways, uh, the um, the thing is here. So, so like this is you know. So Leah Cushman in her uh, address a, cu- a couple weeks ago to the New Hampshire House of Representatives was basically you know that that you know explaining that you you have to follow the Constitution. You can't be doing these things that aren't expressed in the Constitution. There is no constitutional provision that gives the children uh, to the state or allows the state to take these children or uh, creates these, you know, uh, fraudulent tribunal courts called family court. And I'm going to totally call them fraudulent because they are. And so what by this affidavit is a lot more to it, you know, several pages long. It's pretty detailed. Uh, and actually, at our affidavit signing party, we have other affidavits prepared that people can fill in their own reason hmm. and then send oh, that nice. one too. And then I have another affidavit that I've drafted up that basically is like, hey, I'm a, someone who's required to pay taxes. This is costing me money. The state keeps on you know, giving money to these uh, people who are creating massive liabilities for me as a taxpayer. Do and, property taxes in Keene go to like DCYF? I'm sure. But even even if you just rent an apartment, you're still paying property taxes indirectly. If you register a car locally, you're paying those uh, you know state and 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 local taxes to register your car. If you have a uh, cell phone, oh, you food, know, buying food, you're paying a tax. Uh, if you're buying yeah meals Prepared tax, meals, yeah. Uh, hotel tax, fuel tax. Um, hmm. If you own a business, you're paying taxes. If you frequent a business, part of that tax that you're paying to that business, even though you might be buying a gallon of milk that has no tax on it, but that guy's paying taxes. So, you know, Mm. part part of that is essentially towards paying taxes. So, yeah. And the fact that DCYF is causing irreparable harm and damage to children and families and whole communities is all of our business. Mm -hmm. When I mean, like, uh, people, they go into the foster care are, like, way more likely, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but I've heard it before, to go to jail, to commit crimes. Oh, yeah, not only that, but you start, like, you want to internet search something that'll make your stomach turn. Hmm. Uh, Your favorite state, child protection, CPS settlements, or DCYF settlements. So, NH, DCYF settlements, you'll see, like, these multi-million dollar settlements being given to, 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 to families because DCYF takes their kid and, and gives their kid to a pedophile. Yeah. And Whoa. the kid gets m- molested. You have... Um, and by settlements, he means DCYF lost and they have to pay these people. But it's all coming well, out of the pocket it, of the person who did it. Actually, it's, DCYF didn't lose. Yep. There was no court hearing. What hmm. happens is somebody files a claim with what's called the, the, the New Hampshire Division of Risk and Benefit. 
Okay. So that is who, and then that claim, if paid out, becomes an obligation of the general fund. We have Deb um, from Massachusetts. Deb, what's on your mind? Hey, you guys. Hello. Yeah, we got disconnected. Yeah, sorry about well, that. Well, I'm not sure if you want to stay on this topic and combine it with the whole psych drug topic. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Because Jay and others, I don't know if you know, um, a lot of the kids that could put into foster care are put on the psych drugs, too. Oh, oh yeah, that's a great point. I believe yeah. it. I mean, they mess and them the, up. the foster care system. Yeah, it's really bad. Um I'll just speak personally for one second. I was on SSRIs for 16 years. I got sold that story that, you know, the serotonin imbalance and all that, which, you know, I found out way too late that that's all a myth. Yeah, it is. There's no way... And um, there's actually proof. Uh, Yeah, you're you're right. It's a myth because there was proof last year. Basically, this guy in England, or this like these people, these scientists in England, they showed that every single study that they've ever relied on to say, oh, there's this chemical imbalance in people's brains, and that's why you need SSRIs, because there's a chemical imbalance, was never actually um, good enough to actually prove that theory. It, it's never been proven. Flawed exactly. study. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. So do you guys know the name um, Robert Whitaker? No. Um, he's written several books, but the one that I want to reference is called Anatomy of an Epidemic. And he's a journalist. He started out writing about other things, and then somehow he got involved with, you know, he got access to inside information in the pharmaceutical industry, psychopharmaceutical, and he found out a lot of information and decided to write about it. And, um... His book, it's available in the libraries. It's all about the history of the psychopharma, you know, ecology and how these drugs are just, you know, they they were developed for one use and then they use them off market for other psychiatric reasons and then they got approval to put it on the market and it's just we're a bunch of guinea pigs. That's that's really what it's all about and you know, I Again, my personal story, I was the last one I was on was Paxil, <clears throat> really nasty one. And withdrawal from that was the only time in my life that I've been suicidal. Oh with the withdrawal, slowly wow. tapered over six months, you guys. Whoa. And I was still suicidal. It was horrible. That was about 12 years ago. I'll never, ever go on those drugs ever again. And I've learned other holistic ways of dealing with stuff. But these kids... You know, you're a kid. You don't have agency to be speaking up too much for yourself. And you're just going to believe the adults, the adults that tell you, oh, you need to be on this drug. You're just going to believe them because they're just these people who have power over you that don't actually have your best interest in mind because they're not your parents. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, these things, the, the drugs are so powerful on the brain. It's doing all kinds of crazy things and you know the stories about it, you know, making people homicidal, too. Um, And the other piece here, when you get back to talking about the court system and whatnot, once you're in their system and you're labeled as having psychiatric problems, you know what that means for your rights, too. They're going to use that label to say, oh, you are going to tend to be more criminal. You're your compromise where or if you do something like say you're just an activist 
or you're speaking up for yourself, like, like Jay is having to do right now with DCYF, if you have any records that they can dig into that say that, oh, you've been on psych drugs or you've been in a psych hospital, that's going to be used against you. And then it gets into gun rights, too. Right. Especially if you live in a main you know? issue state. Yeah. So, you know, Robert Whitaker, that book, he has a website called um, Mad in America. Mad in America, I'm looking it up right now, madinamerica.com. You can see all kinds of articles, a lot of people speaking up about psych rights. And um, I'm not sure what else to add right at this moment, but I have pretty strong an opinion about it. And if there's anything anybody can do to keep kids off of these freaking drugs, please do it. I did want to just go ahead and finish this article that we've been teasing all night from the Wall Street Journal. It says, Ukraine President Zelensky says, Time not right for elections. Why are they spelling it with one Y when most time they spell it with two Ys? That's so weird. I looked it up today, so I made sure I didn't spell it right or wrong, but it's with one Y in this Wall Street Journal thing. Anyways, it says Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky ruled out holding elections next year. It's a whole year from now, and he's already talking about this. Calling for political unity as his government seeks to retain Western support and public trust after a disappointing counteroffense. Zelensky said in a video address late Monday that now is not the time for elections, as Ukraine should direct its resources toward defense. The 45-year-old took office in 2019, meaning presidential elections should normally have been held early next year. But elections cannot take place in Ukraine under martial law, which was declared after Russia invaded in February last year. The reason this is interesting at all, if you weren't listening to the first segment when I kind of explained this, is... People have been getting convinced that this war is a good idea, that Americans should send tax dollars in the to the tune of like $80 billion at a time to Ukraine because, well, these are people who believe in democracy. We want to uphold democracy in Ukraine. We don't want um, communist Russia to take over. We don't want to let them win. We need to uphold democracy. And democracy is a terrible idea. But if you do think democracy is a good idea and you did fall for that rhetoric, well, turns out. The guy who uh, was pushing that idea is now not allowing elections to take place while he's the president because he put the country under martial law because he needs unity right now. Um, We couldn't possibly have the people vote for a new president right now. That is hilarious. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. And to, um, you know, throw a little comment on there about uh, Tom. Uh, mm. who, who I wanted to uh, bring back to that a little bit. He Tom called last called segment. Talking about the homeless and how like the um, the zoning is making housing restrictive. Mm-hmm. So housing's really expensive, and the zoning has a little bit to do with it. <clears throat> but the thing is, with the, with homelessness, you take these homeless people and you give them a house, and the house is destroyed. You, and and they don't. And like there's like really nice shelters in places. Uh, in like LA and all, all all around Phoenix, where it's like in some places it's basically a house and you you have a room, but you can't use drugs, you can't be drunk, and these people are getting their dopamine hit from a substance, alcohol, meth, heroin, fentanyl, whatever they're into. So and and but but the but the big thing is, is what's really fueling the homelessness. I believe the biggest problem, which is like eighty five percent of the homelessness problem, is welfare state. So, for example, if you know a first responder, like an EMT or a police officer or a firefighter, and you say, hey, have you ever uh, given anyone Narcan? Have you ever picked up uh, a dead body that overdosed? 
Um, and if they're in any kind of uh, city urban area, they're going to say, oh, yeah. And you ask them, were those people on welfare? And I've asked this to almost every first responder uh, I, I come in contact with. This is always a question I ask them. I ask cops this all the time. And they're like, yeah, they are on welfare. They have an EBT card in their pocket, hmm. for example. Or when I did the, the report, there was even one uh, one guy from back home. <clears throat> uh, he he told me that uh, like some uh, so, somebody died, and like then he's got someone from uh, an IRS agent calling him because he was uh, this is um, he, he he was a detective on the case, and. Uh, the, and after the woman had died, somebody had cashed her tax refund and, mm. and, and, and the, uh, and this guy, um, he was like, he was like, oh, wh- why does she get a tax refund? She doesn't work. Yeah. She's a junkie, you know, uh, basically was like, he's like, and, and the IRS agents, well, I don't know, somebody cashed her tax refund like days after or weeks after she died or something. And. And one of the things I think the, the uh, guy was calling to confirm about when the actual when she was actually dead, and he was like, "Oh yeah, the, 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 it was cashed." And and the thing is, it's the welfare state. These people are given just enough money, uh, and the reason this is such a big problem in like San Francisco, Oregon, because well, the weather's good there, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the um, and there's major incentives, and they feed the people, and they tolerate it, and they put up with it. And, uh, and, and they're incentivizing it because, you know, but this is also what happens when Rome, right before Rome collapsed, you know, they were all drunk with pride and you, and, and you had uber rich people and totally poor decimated people. And you know, this, is, this is where the U S empire is on the verge of collapse right now, I believe. And I hope it needs to collapse because it's bad. This is from the Washington examiner. It says Oregon removes writing, reading and math mastery from high school graduation requirements. It so says, what's mastery? Mastering, writing, reading, and math? Right. Proving proficiency. Proving, okay. Exactly. Says the Oregon State Board of Education unanimously voted on Thursday. Oh, and I just wanted to say the reason they're going to give for it is a little racist. The Oregon uh, School Board or Board of Education is being a little racist here in what they're going to say. It says um, they voted unanimously on Thursday to remove proof of mastery in reading, writing and math in order to graduate from high school until 2029. And honestly, I'm going to be honest. I think that it's kind of if if you're going to have to have public school, if you're going to force people to be in public school, I think it's good to remove these things, like make it easier for people to get out of there. But since you're forcing people to pay for public school and it, it, it exists at all, it's kind of a bad thing in another way you look at it because... Well, if people are paying for this because they believe it's going to make society better by people being educated, well, you're not doing that and people still have to pay for it. I also think it's just good that people might be able to get out of school faster and actually go start doing something productive. And um, I just don't think the government should uh, force anyone to do anything, even if it's prove you can read. And it doesn't even matter, honestly, if they uh, if they have those tests or not, because they weren't passing in the first place. It was like less than 50 percent of the kids in Oregon in a 2017 uh, graduation year. Uh, less than 50 percent of them uh, proved to be proficient in mathematics and only 50 percent proved to be 53 uh, percent proved to be proficient in reading and writing. How are there 47 percent of your kids can't read or write in 12 years that they've been in school? You know what I mean? Yeah, really yeah. Bad. So, what's the motive of you know removing these um, mastering the you know these these mastery requirements? Uh, so, one of the things, if you ever want to look for a motive 
if you're just like curious because you're like, why would they do this? Mm-hmm. Follow the dollars. So the schools get paid based on, and, and, and this is speculation. I don't know that this is like how it actually works, but one of the ways they get their money is based on how many kids graduate. So they constantly oh, yeah. want to make and it easy attendance. to graduate. That's why they t- treat it like it's the worst sin when you're in school and you get called into the principal's office and your sp- your teacher is starting to say, so have you been skeeping? And I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> and he's like, you you know what I'm saying. You've been skeeping. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Is that like the, a word for some kind of like crime, like some slang word? And he was saying skipping. Oh, wait, are you talking about sloughing or no, whatever? Oh, no, that's he a- was just had an accent and I sincerely didn't know what he was saying. Yeah. Anyways, it's, it's just like a silly story, but they treat it like worse than if they found out you were smoking crack on campus as long as you're attending classes why because they get paid for every day that you're there same thing with dcyf they get mm. paid by the federal government to do what these called assessments and in, in our case i said i don't want dcyf doing an assessment but the local police the chief of police he can do an assessment because because the guy's got like kids and you know you know i don't want some you know some some girl who had to you know, basically lower herself to becoming a social worker because there was no, because there wasn't work in, in gender studies, what she went to school for. That's like, you know, 20 something years old that doesn't have any kids. obese, no kids. And, you know, whatever, uh, um, you know, you know, doing an assessment. And I also don't want DCYF getting $6,000 out of the social security fund for doing this assessment. So I said in the best interest of justice. Yeah. You know, I told the chief of police in town, I go, why don't you guys do it? And he's like, okay, cool, we'll do it. And then at DCYF said we can't do it because they want the money. Yeah, they don't so, care about actually interviewing your kid and making sure it's okay. your kid's okay. They're, they care about checking their checklists that get yep. them funding. So attendance and graduation has a lot to do with how much funding the school gets. So this is why they keep on lowering, lowering the bar, lowering the bar, and lowering the bar. And what it comes down to is accreditation and credibility. Mm-hmm. So like like the idea that you have a college diploma like 50 I mean high school diploma had some meaning, you know, 75 years ago. Hmm. When I graduated high school in 1998, I don't I never I don't even know where my diploma is. I never looked at. It. I don't care. True, I don't it's, know where mine is it, either. It, it's absolutely useless. I don't know where my valedictorian medal is either. It says the board, the school board who voted unanimously to do this. Um, the board argued that requiring all students to pass one of several standardized tests or to create an in-depth assignment their teacher judged as meeting state standards was a harmful hurdle for students of color, disabled students, or those learning English as a second language. And that, so far I said, is just racist. Like, why is it harder for students of color than white kids to uh, show that they're proficient in math, reading, and writing? Yeah, and I saw the same thing on a different article from a opb.org. It's just that they were embarrassed that uh, non-Caucasian kids were failing. Who was embarrassed? The board? Uh, just like the state of Oregon. So it's, it's definitely not a racist thing. Um, it is not a race thing whatsoever. What is it? It's a cultural thing. And the culture is what I call city urban liberal type. So if you start looking at like the actual demographics of what's going on here, um, <clears throat> so if you, it's all city. It's really these concentrated big cities, mostly with Democrat, left, leftist, liberal type. 
policies that are having this issue. It is also happening in, in a lot of other areas that don't quite aren't quite so left because the Department of Education is like an octopus that just controls all of these little schools and big schools everywhere around. So whether you're in, you know, Podunk, New Hampshire, or you're in Manhattan, New York, it's the same Department of Education that's sending all of this, you know, critical race theory, um, all these things to sort of, you know, crush the kids before they even like it, it like demoralizes them when you start saying, oh, um, you're going to be like there's a, 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 kids on college campuses everywhere are, are are quite literally like, well, black people should, you know, get money because, you know, because they were because their ancestors might have been a slave and they can't make it in the world. Even like you'd be like, well, we can't have um you know, ID for uh, require people to have ID for voting because they say black people and some some of them say poor people can't go get IDs. Well, if they they have a, a, an EBT card as an ID, <laughs> you know, now they, they're getting those. But the thing is, it's a cultural thing. And it's the culture of children being raised in these urban areas. So if you're living in an urban area, you're probably not getting your food from the farm. If you're a mom pregnant with a kid, you're probably, uh, you know, you're, you're breathing in the worst air. You're drinking city water. Your water dust got fluoride, chlorine, all kinds of other crap. And it probably comes from an above ground reservoir or river. They got to do all this stuff to it. Uh, then you have other elements such as, you know, a lot of these people are just buying the, you know, the narratives or t- getting all of the childhood vaccines or getting mm. the vaccines while they're pregnant. Uh, the mom probably had a whole bunch of vaccines, you know, and all these toxins and heavy metals from, you know, and, and plastics now. Oh, man, the plastics uh, that, you know, moms are consuming uh, because of the Uber Eats, because of all everything in the food is processed with practice plastic all of your commercial pork has tons of microplastics in it because they basically literally take trash and feed it to these pigs in these big commercial hog facilities uh and you wow. know they, they literally yeah just take all this like throwaway bread for mm-hmm. example it's in the plastic bags and they just cook it up hot and they're like oh yeah all plastic burns off and then they feed it wow. to the pigs and like this is all like approved stuff because they heat it up super hot but there's a whole bunch of microplastics in it and then all these people are using microwaves to cook all their you know microwavable food uh the the, the babies are are born they're given vaccines they're being fed and formula yeah. fed formula like similac is basically coca-cola that's milk flavored yeah um yeah. in fact they gave us like a case of you know, like a, a $35 case of Similac when we were at the hospital and we're like, we don't want it. And they're like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's, you don't get charged for it. It's free. Oh my God. So you know, we just um, dropped it off at a, uh, a food pantry. I actually wanted to throw it out. I didn't even want to feed it to my pigs. Hmm. And um, so the, uh, but even that stuff is all like, and, and the whole push that mom shouldn't breastfeed, the whole, you know, put your kid in daycare while you go out and work, you know, kind of thing, which is kind of happening to the uh, urban, you know, I mean, the more um, suburban type families. But definitely in a city, being born in a city and being raised in a city urban area and even a suburban area, like everything's just stacked against you. For your intelligence, immediately yeah. getting a hit. As well, as for your born. intelligence. So when you're born, you have all the intelligence you're going to get. Jordan Peterson explains this quite well. He's like, well, you can't really increase intelligence that much. You pretty much got all the intelligence you're going to get when you're born. But it's pretty easy to diminish uh, intelligence through malnutrition and you know a big you know so malnutrition is your you know your your 60 or 70 pound three-year-old that's fat and obese is in america is malnourished if you Mm -hmm. look at the malnourished people are fat in america and it's because they're getting fed a whole bunch of empty calories and their body needs to make this fat to put all these toxins somewhere because bodies can't detox there's all kinds of problems and 
So it's a cultural thing. So the IQs of the kids in the city are being destroyed by the city and, and by what happens in the city. And that's really the bottom line. I totally believe that. And I know what you're saying, but I'm mostly saying that the the school board is the ones being racist, saying like, oh, oh yes, they are. They're, yep. The statistics they're prob- looking at are probably based on what you're saying, that like people of color are more likely to be in an urban area. Yep. And that's why the statistics look the way they do. But the school board is being racist in their response. Like, well, since black people can't do well on tests, we're just going to drop tests instead of you know doing i mean not not that i would want the school board to be the one uh, trying to fix all these problems jay is talking about but they don't uh, like offer any actual solution instead they just the, the, the bottom line solution is stop subsidizing poor people you just heard highlights from the latest episode of free talk live you can download full episodes subscribe to our podcast listen live and more all for free at freetalklive.com.